The jailhouse lay before us, an ugly, squat building full of menace. Pelted by the November sleet, I was unable to make myself move, like a fear-frozen kid on a high dive board. Allison looked at me, waiting for me to make good on my promise to go inside with her. I had agreed for love's sake, and now had to plunge into a lake of broken glass to help out a stranger. Allison came to me trembling. She shielded us with the three-dollar umbrella she had bought at a local drugstore on the way. It had improbable yellow daisies in defiance of the locale and the weather, and reeked with a sharp smell of bad vinyl. Sleet crackled on its surface. My arm went around her and I put my head against hers, her scarf tickling my nose. I don't want to go in either, she said, but we have to. Yeah, so we did. But I was in another jail on the other side of the country where I'd been more than a dozen years ago. Flashbacks came in lightning flickers, illuminating painful memories that had lain long buried. There was no way for her to fathom how close I had come to dying as that piece of my life was torn from me. She could run her fingers over the puckered silver dollar-sized submersed mass on my lower torso like a bad appendectomy, or the jagged red ridge forking off from my eyebrow. But she couldn't conceive of prison's constant assault on the senses, or the life-bludgeoning despair and hate. I'd like to think that maybe she wouldn't have asked if she had known how much it hurt. But then again, maybe that didn't matter. Family was involved. Blood thicker than water and all that. Anyway, we were here, and I had to make my feet move, make myself go voluntarily behind bars once again. It felt like digging my own grave. I breathed deeply, trying to ease the constriction in my chest. With an effort of will, I pushed the ghosts back and looked once more at the buildings and the fence strung with concertina wire. I'd gotten out. I was free. I could walk in here and walk out again this time. Okay. We went toward the huge steel doors of the entrance, twitching like a junkie with pounding pulse and a dry mouth. I showed my ID, filled out a form, signed Zack Taylor with a trembling hand on the visitor's sheet, and passed through a metal detector. Cameras with unblinking red cyclopean eyes stared down from the walls. The pat-down for contraband made me shudder. It felt too much like being an inmate again. The faces on the guards were the same as I remembered— as pitiless and immobile as the carved heads of Aztec gods. The only reaction they showed was in the eyes, taking in everything and measuring everyone by level of threat. My shoulders were hunched and tight. I had to force myself to stand erect and look at faces instead of at shoes. In prison, a straight-on look to anybody is usually taken as a challenge, and you simply don't look a guard in the eye, even when he talks to you. One of the guards gave me a sharp double-take and whispered to a cohort. The other looked over and gave the first an almost imperceptible nod. The first one stepped away. 
panic sweat traced the length of my spine. I wanted so badly to run back through the heavy doors to the cold outside air. The guard came back and gave a slight shrug while I pretended not to look. We started moving to the next door, and I started breathing again. The outer rings of personnel were all males, but as we got deeper in, it was all women, though they had the same stone faces. The hell that I had been in had smelled of sweat, piss, and misery. This jail smelled of industrial cleaner.